This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Pauly, and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 203 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Glad to have you back this week. We had a relaxing weekend, put the show out a little bit early last week, and uh, had a relaxing weekend, come to some conclusions on uh, what we're going to do with the show. So we're going to lead with that. We initially had put out a post and and put out a little mini recording saying that we were eliminating all of the bonus episodes except for the Hillbilly Youngins episode. And we're just going to focus on the Sunday night episodes, get back to the bigger, better, longer, which uh, this week will be the first of that. I think you guys are going to be happy with what we got. One thing we have changed in, in the time since that came out we have thought on it a little further and we are still going to have fear of the week Mm -hmm. it's going to go to bi-weekly instead of weekly and it's going to be on the sunday night show at the end yeah and in the two weeks of the month that we do not have fear of the week we will still play an interview or a listener story so even though the extra episodes aren't out through the week, we will be able to keep some of those aspects by on Sunday nights, and it'll just be at the end. So you'll get a good long story. We're going to go back to the basics with Hillbilly Horror Stories and get the more in-depth, longer stories, and then uh, you're going to get those added on to the end as like little bonuses. So get ready for some trumped-up, super-long Sunday stories in the near future. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Obviously, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you guys for being out there. This includes, obviously, uh, everybody that's on the front line from the COVIDs and, uh, and, you know, the, the truckers and everybody that's, that's helping keep this country running and keep the world running during the middle of a pandemic. Thank you guys for everything that you do for us. Amen. We keep praying for you guys. We love y'all and we want you to stay safe. Now, obviously, we always kind of touch on the big subjects going on, whether it be hurricanes or fires in Australia or something. And anytime somebody is suffering in, in, you know, a major sense, we try to touch on it. Obviously, in America, there is a lot of civil unrest as we speak. What we want to say on this subject, because uh, this is very divisive amongst people, whether it should be, whether it shouldn't be, it is very divisive. What we want to say is just standing from afar and looking at the situation. We just hope and pray that we get to a point in this world where everybody just truly loves one another, no matter what, no matter what their race or ethnicity or religion or gender. We just wish that everyone would just love one another and squash all of these little battles, but um, amongst people. And the other thing is, we just hope there gets to be a time to where there is uh, 
no kind of lack of respect or no kind of, you know, everybody needs to be treated equally no matter what. And we hope that it gets to that point. Would yes, you agree? Yes, we do. I do agree. And we needed to hurry up. <laughs> and, and it, you know, if you guys out there are struggling with everything from COVID to uh, the protest to uh, whatever the, the, you know, the deaths that have gone on, everything that's going on right now, it's just really caused everybody to be at a, in a, a heightened state of stress. And, you know, we just want people to know that we're there if you need to reach out. Uh, we love you. And it doesn't matter who you are. You are important to us. And we just want to make sure that everybody realizes that. Exactly. And if you need to call somebody, um, you can call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text at 741-741. But please, please, please reach out to somebody. We're always here for you. Absolutely. Okay. Tonight's story. You know, when it comes to some of the bigger stories out there, this one might not be one that's on the top of your radar, mm -hmm. but it's actually one that has tons of stuff. And I could have made the show probably another 40 minutes easy mm -hmm. just by eyewitness accounts. Had oh, it wow. On. And I've got some. Oh, cool. Can't wait to hear but it. But not as many as I, as I possibly could have. But that just goes to show, even though, you know, and a lot of you will know this place, but it's still not one of the top that everybody comes out with. So we're going to talk about Fairmont Banff Springs. It's B-A-N-F-F. -F. Banff. Banff. Springs Hotel. That's in Alberta, Canada. Now, I chose this location for two reasons. First, it's an awesome, awesome location. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Huge on top of that. Hoogie. And... It's got tons of stories and tons of history. So that's the main reason. But second is the parent company that that is over top of my insurance company. They offer contests and trips and stuff like that. And the main trip that they're giving away this year is to this resort, oh. Banff Springs. So it's like every time I pull up my information, it's right there. It's right there. It's right. There. So <laughs> I keep seeing it. And I thought, you know what? This this is what we need to do a show on. Oh, cool. So that's kind of how that, that came about. So let's talk about some history. The Fairmont Banff Springs was formerly known as just Banff Springs Hotel. Now, some people will know it by its nickname, the Castle of the Rockies. And that's oh. pretty, pretty accurate. This place, I mean. Well, it sounds amazing. Oh, the architecture is just absolutely beautiful. It's had such famous guests as Queen Elizabeth and Marilyn Monroe, as well as Helen Keller. Oh. As I stated earlier, it's located in Banff, Alberta, Canada. The entire town of Banff is, is uh, inside of Banff National Park. Mm -hmm. So you literally have a city inside of, of a national park. Wow. The hotel overlooks a valley going towards Mount Rundle, which is part of the Rocky Mountains. The hotel sets pretty high up. As a matter of fact, it's approximately 4,600 feet or 1,400 meters high. Mm, that high. is really high. It originally opened up in 1888, and oddly enough, it was by the Canadian Pacific Railway, not an individual. The railroad opened this hotel. The railway actually had a string of hotels that had opened up during this time, and this was one of the first ones that they actually uh, had acquired and opened. 
Those hotels were known as the Canadian Grand Railway Hotels. The structure today is a little bit different than the original because it's gone through, obviously, several stages of growth and, and redevelopment. The original hotel was designed by a gentleman by the name of Bruce Price. Then another structure was built in 1914 to go along with the original. But as so many of our stories go, guess what happened in 1926? It burnt down. It burnt down. The original burnt down. <laughs> it was then rebuilt in 1928 and was designated a National Historic Site of Canada in 1988. The Canadian Pacific Railway still technically owns the hotel, but they reorganized and uh, under the name of Fairmont Hotels and Resorts in 2001. They actually own a bunch of hotels still. Oh, okay. It's under, under Fairmont Hotel and Resorts. And that basically came because they had bought the Fairmont Hotel and uh, name back in 1999 from the United States. We got Fairmonts around here, don't right. we? Right. And, and they bought... All those. They bought mm-hmm. the name from Fairmont. So they changed the name as part of a rebranding effort to the Fairmont Banff Spring Hotel. They eventually sold all of their hotels, including Banff, to a group called Oxford Properties in 2006. But Fairmont's Hotels and Resorts still does the managing of all the hotels. So they don't own them, but they still manage them. Okay. There are 757 guest rooms and suites at this place. Daggone it. <laughs> There's also several event spaces for conferences and weddings and that type of stuff. And then there are approximately 12 restaurants within the hotel. What? 12 restaurants. So I wonder if they really book all those rooms. Sure they do. That's amazing. It's Like I said, it's, it's, it's a very well-known resort, so people come there from all over the world. They also have a bowling alley, a 27-hole golf course, and five grass tennis courts. <laughs> okay, are we ready to talk about some of the paranormal stuff? Yeah, yo. All right. So we're going to talk about the most famous stories here first. Uh, and then I want to share some eyewitness stories kind of at the end. Uh, and these are going to be from like some of the people who run the ghost tours and the head of housekeeping mm-hmm. and just guests and other members of staff. Okay, cool. Can't wait. The most famous spirit here is known as the bride. Usually. Just the bride. Huh? Yeah, it usually well, they, is. They call her the ghost bride. She's Let so famous. She fell down the stairs. Yes and no. <laughs> Mainly yes. So <laughs> she's so famous that she's actually featured on a stamp and a coin. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Take that, Susan B. Anthony. Yay. In your anyway, face. <laughs> the story started back in the 1920s. So... And this was supposedly after the fire and it was rebuilt, like, mm-hmm. late 1920s. Back then, the staircase didn't have protective railing on it. Oh, see, I would, could not ever, <laughs> ever walk down that staircase, ever. So the story's got a few different variations, but the end result is still the same. So the bride was coming, well, I've heard one said she was coming down the steps, but everything else says that she was walking up the steps. Mm-hmm. And the main story says that she got her heel caught into either her dress or her veil. Mm-hmm. And when she did, it caused her to lose her balance. Of course. And she fell backwards Ooh. and went down the steps backwards. Yikes. Now, along the edge, since they didn't have the railing, they had these tall decorative candles. 
Oh my gosh. And the other version says that as she was either, either as she was going up the steps, her dress caught on fire and that's what made her lose her balance and fall back. Or as she was falling back, her dress caught on fire. Okay. Whose dumb idea was to do it that way? And why you ain't got no banister? Well, see, things like this is what caused those rules to come into effect. Oh my goodness. That poor thing. That makes for a really bad wedding day. <laughs> yeah, it did. So that's what happened is she fell, dress caught on fire. Either way it goes, it said that her dress caught on fire, but it's just whether it happened during the fall mm-hmm. or whether that's what caused the fall. Mm-hmm. That had to be horrifying for all those people to see. I would think. I don't know how many people saw it, but I'm sure somebody did. Well, she still died. That's yeah, and she, she fell down the steps and she broke her neck. Oh, my gosh. Bless so her heart. Guests have claimed to see the spirit of the bride on the staircase or in the Cascade Ballroom. Some people claim that when they see her spirit, they can actually see flames rising from the back of her dress. Hotel and staff have seen a woman wearing a veil waiting for possibly the first dance with her husband that she didn't get to have in the ballroom. Oh my gosh, that makes me sad now. (laughs) The story has actually been made the official lore of Canada, which is what led to her having her own stamp and coin. So it was nationally recognized. The hotel has a commemorative frame printed mm-hmm. with the story and her picture at the bottom of the stairway. Oh, my gosh. So, as you're at the bottom getting ready to go up, you can sit, like, look to the left, and it's sitting right there. So that's pretty much the story. I don't like that. What? Kind of. You don't like having the commemorative well, that's, just, that's very depressing. What well, is? And like, then you're going to wonder if you're going to fall down the stairs and break your neck. Well, they got a rail there now, though. I know, but. So the odds have diminished. Well, that's true. Don't put candles beside the thing that don't have no railing. That was so dumb. <laughs> I know if, you, if I would have fell, I would have probably been grabbing for the candles like I do, you know, the shower <laughs> curtain when I fall in the shower. <laughs> Knowing it's not going to hold me up. Oh, yeah. But well, who better, was it? But it's better than trying to grab for the water. The water? <laughs> who said that? I can't remember. It was it Sam? No, it wasn't Sam, was it? No, nah, I can't remember. Somebody <laughs> said it, though. So another really popular ghost story here at Banff is Sam the Bellman. There's a few stories about Sam, and the main story is that he was a bellman there in the 1960s and the 1970s. Sam was uh, an older Scottish gentleman. And his real name, by the way, is Sam McCauley. Sam passed away in 1975. And he used to say that you can make him retire, but you can never make him leave. Oh. That's what he would always say. He knew. He he even made the comment that when he died, he was going to come back and haunt the hotel. (laughs) Well, it seems that that's exactly what's happened. So there have been numerous guests claim that they have had some help from a Scottish gentleman, sometimes in a full kilt, sometimes in just a plaid jacket. He always seems to vanish, though, before he gets his tip, as if to say that being able to help was all the tip that he needed. How lovely is that? I asked you a question. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely. Thank you. Sam seems to especially like to help young ladies who have been locked out of their room. But not all of his help goes to young ladies. And there's 
one special instance where there was two elderly women. They'd been locked out of their, their room. They got up there and their key didn't work is what no. it was. Uh-huh. So they called the front desk and, and they said that the normal bellhop was going to be a while. He was detained doing you know something else right at the moment, but he would be there as soon as he could. So he shows up like 15 minutes later. Uh, well, good. 15 right. minutes, not 50. Oh, I was going to say. I knew I thought you said 50 and I had to kind of slurred it, so you probably did. Oh. It was 15 minutes later, this guy shows up. And the door's already unlocked. One of the women said that, oh, there's an older bellman in a plaid jacket that came up here and had already helped us. When they asked to describe the, the gentleman, they said, well, it looks like this, looks like that. And it fit Sam's description to a T. And they said that he had a Scottish accent. Well. And there is no one working at the hotel at that time that fit his description or had a Scottish accent or was wearing a plaid jacket. Well, that was very nice of him. Several guests have said that the a bellman has come to ask to take their luggage down to the lobby for them when they're checking out. And then um, they oblige. And then another bellman will come up and say, hey, I'm here to get the luggage. And they're like, no, there was a gentleman who came and got it earlier. Mm-hmm. And then when they go down and check in the uh, baggage area waiting to be loaded... The luggage is already down there, even though nobody has came and got the luggage. Okay, because you know what? Peeps be tired of waiting on the real bell hops. And they're like, hey, is there any ghost up in here or anybody can help us take this luggage down? Because the regular bell hops are too damn slow. Well, in those cases, they just hadn't even made it there yet. You don't know that they're too slow. Well, you know what, though? That is a big that is a big hotel, you say. So it's that's huge. very true. That's very true. I mean, it's so huge. Like when I was listening to, I was listening to the head of housekeeping, mm-hmm. and like, it's like he was talking about having like a new group of all new people that he was, and it was like twenty of them in the group. It's like just at one time, twenty new people. It just that's got to be so huge mm-hmm. to where you can have twenty new employees start at the same time. No, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Another popular place that Sam seems to be seen is the guest room on the mezzanine floor, and that room used to be Sam's office. Oh, I like Sam. He's cool. Now, a lot of people, we said the Ghost Bride was probably the most famous story, mm-hmm. but this is probably, for the country, it's the most famous, or that's the one they chose to use as their lore. This is probably the most popular story amongst paranormal enthusiasts. And it's also my favorite, and that is the legend of the missing room, 873. Here's how the legend goes. They say that there was a man that was staying in that room with his wife and his young daughter. And something happened, and he went berserk. He killed the wife, he killed the daughter, and then he committed suicide in the room. Oh, I can see why that's your favorite story. Oh, (laughs) that part's not the favorite. (laughs) Over the years, the paranormal activities in the room got so bad, uh, like, for example, people would fall asleep, and then they would be awoken by a woman's screams. Then there would be bloody handprints of oh. a child <gasps> on the mirror oh inside gosh. that would not go away. And they so the legend is that they, they just said, look, this is too much stuff going on, and they plastered the room to where now there is just no room. So, like I said, there is no room 873 now. If you go below on the seventh floor, there's a room 773. 
And if you go above, there is a 973. And then when you get to the eighth floor, right where that room would be, there is no door. They just, just plastered it's over just it. It's just a space, wallpapered and stuff. It looks just like the rest of the hallway. But there's one of those sconce lights over top that are only over top of all the doors. And the light's still there, but there's no door. Is the stuff still in the room? You know what I'm saying? Like, is the furniture still in the room? Well, I mean, nobody knows because they can't get to the room. I know that. I guess they just took it all out, I guess is what you're I mean, saying. I would assume. Anyway, the hotel does not like to talk about the missing room, which is odd because they're very open and talk about the ghosts there. Mm-hmm. matter of fact, they have ghost tours and, and all that stuff. It's no big deal. They do not like to talk about the room. In fact, employees are forbidden to speak of the room. And they have nothing but scripted answers when you ask that everybody is the same pat answers for everybody. And it seems like that their answers to the question sometimes is even more mysterious than the fact of having a missing room. So we mentioned about there being a big space where the door should have been and the light over top of it. Also, the baseboard where the door would have been has been cut underneath there. So you can. It's obvious there was a door there at one point. Yeah. When you knock along the walls, like if you're looking for a stud or something, like hang a picture, you know, to hear, it's, you'll notice that there's like really thick plaster until you get to right below that light and then it has a hollow sound. Then it gets, you know, back to the way it was once past that. So the question is what happened to the missing room and why doesn't this, why isn't the staff allowed to talk about it? I saw an interview with the director of housekeeping by the name of Graham Evans. He says that the story of the missing room is an urban legend, that there was no murder, and that's just something that people like to make up. He said there is some truth to a room getting plastered up, but that was found during the renovation. So apparently, this is the story that I was that I was told, and by told I meant watched on a video. Anyways, there was during the original construction of mm-hmm. the hotel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a room that accidentally got made that didn't have windows or a door. Mm-hmm. And when and so they was like, well, shoot! When they started doing the renovations, they found it. And it was like, well, here's a room here, but it got somehow, it was just a screw up during the original construction and they just covered it up. So that's one story that I heard. But according to Graham, he said that, you know, they, that that's, he kind of went along with that. Now he said though, that during renovations, they found a room that had been plastered up and it still had dishes and it still had some furniture in there. Yeah. He didn't say anything about it not having windows or not having a door. So, but there, so there are two different stories that there was a room plastered up and it was found during renovations, but that's not the same thing as what people are saying here. So what he said about room 873 is that some rooms, because a lot of the rooms there at the hotel were smaller, some rooms have been combined to make bigger rooms. Therefore, that's what happened to room 873. It is now part of room 875. And when you knock on that wall, like people are doing, you are actually knocking on someone's bedroom because now it's more of a suite than just a room. <laughs> and he said that the, he said that the, some of the, the people that are staying in that room, they want to just come out and go boom and scare people. <laughs> because, But he said that's the case. 
Now, God, that's got to be annoying, though. I can see where that could be the case. They they combined it to make a uh-huh. sweet. But my question is, why wouldn't they just say that? Why is it so secret? Why why yeah. wouldn't people ask what happened to room eight seventy three? Why wouldn't they just say, "Oh, we covered up the door and we combined it to make eight seventy five bigger"? Wouldn't that just seem to make sense? It would seem just to squash I mean, it. Let's say felt felt well. I don't even know why they feel embarrassed about it, but but I, like I well, there wouldn't yeah, there wouldn't even be, be a reason to feel embarrassed about it. But, and then I saw another video of a guy that went there and was was asking about, it, and he said that you know he did the whole walking down the corridor thing mm-hmm. and he did the knocking and and when. Um, he asked the staff, he's like, hey, what's the deal with roommate 73? He said that the guy just kind of whispered and said, we're not supposed to talk about it. So, I mean, it's so, now, now maybe, maybe that's part of the gimmick. Maybe they said, hey, let's just keep people talking about it because it keeps people, keeps our name out there and it keeps people coming in. There's a bunch of videos on it. So maybe that was the intention all along. Maybe it's a publicity stunt. I don't know. So regardless, I, I just don't know why they just don't tell people about the same. But, you know, anyway, it is what it is. So we mentioned the head of housekeeping, Graham Evans. He has a few stories of some paranormal activity over the many years that he has worked there. One of which happened in the Hall of Mirrors. And I wish you could see this place. It's a narrow corridor. Like they have, um, what is that called? A conservatory. Mm-hmm. So they got this dining room. Then they have a conservatory. And then they got this narrow hall that leads up to it. And then that's where it dead ends. Those two things are it. I said uh, a dining room. I meant it's a ballroom. So they, And that's the ballroom, the same ballroom where they see the bride. Cascades ballroom. So you got the Cascades ballroom and a conservatory. And that's it. Those two things. So this hallway that leads up to it, it is nothing but mirrors. It's the same type of mirrors. It's not the full length stand up. It's just the long wide ones like a 70, like a 72 inch TV. Okay. But they're mirrors, and it's one right after the other on both sides of the wall. It's kind of freaky. And a lot of people don't like going through there because they're freaked out by mirrors, but it's almost like being in a fun house or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So Graham said one night he was working late. It was after midnight, and he said he he gets there, and um, he sees somebody. He's walking towards the conservatory. He sees somebody come in behind him. He turns around to say good morning. And there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there. He checked up and down the hallway. Nothing. But he said, I know for a fact somebody was there. You could just tell. He also told a fascinating story about an incident in the hotel lobby. So Graham said he gets there about 3 a.m. That's the time he gets to work. He said the night manager came up to see him. She was visibly shaken up. And... She needed to talk to somebody, and he was the only one there. She knew he got there early, so she went and sought him out. So he got there, and she said there was there was a guest that came down the stairway, the same stairway mm-hmm. I think as the bride. Mm-hmm. She came down the steps, and she was waving her hands as if you know try to get somebody's attention. Yeah. So the night manager. Walked over to the steps, and she said at that point in time, she noticed that the person, the guest, just kind of took a step off the stairway and just disappeared. And then she couldn't find her anywhere else. So she's telling Graham, you know, I don't know what the hell happened. They go and they watch the surveillance video. And you could see the night manager turn and look to the steps and look up as if they're talking to somebody and then see them walk over to the steps 
but there was never anybody else in the video. There <laughs> well, was nobody creepy. on the steps. Yikes. Was there flames? Graham says that several staff and guests have had experiences, but none have ever been bad. Much like Sam the Bellman, he says that the spirits in the hotel are just there to help. He said everyone has a story. His nighttime housekeeping crew has one ladies' room that they refuse to go into between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. Ooh. Nothing has happened that I know of as far as like a, a death or or murder or, you know, anything like that. But he said that it always just feels like someone's watching you when you go in there. And it's especially eerie between 1 and 2 a.m. So they just refuse to go in there. Oh They'll clean goodness. it at a different time. I didn't know they cleaned that late. Well, I think this is, once again, a situation where there are so many rooms that they're just trying to get us, you know, they're trying to stay on top of it. So I guess the hallways and the and the bathrooms and stuff like kitchens and dining rooms and stuff like that, they're cleaning those at nighttime because there's oh. to, you know, not have so many, everybody doing everything at one time during business God, hours. That's, I wonder how long it takes them to clean all them rooms. Good Lord. You know, this is going to sound stupid, but there was actually a video when I was looking this up with the head of housekeeping. And that was one of the questions was how long does it take them to clean a room and all that. And I didn't watch it, so I don't know the answer. Aww. But there is actually a video that answers that question. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, and that's hard work, too. I've done that before. Long time ago. Them daggone comforters are heavy. <laughs> what? They are. Nothing. He told a story about he had a brand new crew of 22 people. That's what I was telling you about earlier yeah. one evening. He said he took them down the stairway and he started talking about one of the especially haunted rooms. And he said suddenly a sign appeared that said keep. And I don't really understand what he meant by was this a physical sign? Was this like a written sign on a wall? I don't understand because I, and I watched this part like five times, but I wanted to mention it. He said, we walked down the steps. All 22 of us, nobody saw a sign, but this thing suddenly appeared and it just said, keep. He said it appeared on me. A sign appeared on me that said, keep. On so, me, like his body? I, I guess I, you got as much information as I do. So I really didn't understand it. And I kept watching it, thinking it would become more clear. But he said nobody saw it when they came down the first time, but then it was there. So wow. I, anyways, I thought it was cool to add anyway. He also said there's this really weird phenomenon in the hotel. If they, if they have pictures of people, just framed pictures sitting around on the furniture, if the picture has faces in it, like a single face or a couple mm -hmm. with faces, the faces deteriorate out over time and they like disappear. But if it's like a landscape, nothing happens to it. Okay, that's bizarre. And I saw a couple of pictures. I'll try to post some if I can find them. It, there was a couple of pictures to where you they actually showed you what oh it does. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There are also rooms that are in between floors. Like if you're in between the fifth and the sixth floor, you could actually like a half floor where you could get off and there's actually like an area where they have storage and stuff and it's in between the floors. Well, that is weird. It is. But this place is so cool. They use it for storage. Sounds like the Twilight Zone to me. <laughs> they found an armor, piece of armor, like suit of armor. Oh my gosh. That was in there and it would have had to been there from all the way back from 1888. And, and this armor wasn't like a replica. This is actually one that came from Europe that had been worn at some time in can, the past. Could you imagine having to wear that? Yeah. 
Well, we might be getting to that. Who knows? Anyways. <laughs> That's true. They found six copper and brass old fire extinguishers. Now, these came from the trains from 130 years ago. Mm-hmm. They said these things were, to, in order to use them, they, first of all, they weighed 60 pounds each. Mm. Think about that. No. They weighed 60 pounds. They had a caustic sodium in it, which burns you. That's what they had, because keep in mind, it was 130 years ago. You had to turn it upside down, shake it up, turn this knob in order to put out a fire, all in the midst of being in a panic of there being a fire. But that's how you would do it. And you, and you had to obviously hold it so you wouldn't burn yourself with the liquid that was coming out. Oh, man. <laughs> Graham said it, it's not uh, uncommon to walk in those little th- this little room in between the... Mm-hmm the floors and there'll be something there and then the next time you come in it won't be there sometimes it'll show back up two weeks later or sometimes it shows up in a different part and this isn't a places that people go to on a regular basis Mm -hmm. it's like he goes in there or they'll occasionally send somebody in there to get something but it's not people very seldom is somebody in there so for something to just end up missing and then show up two weeks later yeah just doesn't make sense I also found it interesting that he said up until the late 1960s, this was a seasonal hotel. It was only open during the summer months. And so now it's open all year round. But during that time, they had one caretaker for this big ass place. You gotta be kidding. One caretaker that would be there. Does that sound a lot like The Shining, except for he had his family? But think about that whole situation. He had this big hotel. He was the only one there. And the caretaker swore... That on the seventh and the eighth and ninth floor, he felt a presence. He didn't ever feel threatened by it, but he felt a, a presence, and he felt like it was a woman presence. Mm-hmm. And uh, the staff used to just ridicule him and, and kid around with him and saying that he they just thought he was so lonely he wanted female companionship. So that's what Aww. he was. That's what he was imagining. Okay, I want to get into some eyewitness accounts. Okay, but let's take a quick break from our sponsor. So some of these eyewitness accounts are going to be from employees. Some will be from guests. So let's go back to room 873. Several guests have claimed to have stayed in room 873 while it was still available. And it was at least available for a while because I saw some videos with the actual door number 873. Mm -hmm. And I saw some still pictures that had 873. So it did exist at one point, we know for a fact. Unlike some... Some buildings that don't have a, 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 a floor 13 or all that yeah. stuff. Or as, as Mitch Hedberg used to always say, he'd say uh, some floors don't have a 13th floor, but he said if you're on floor 14, you know what floor you're really on. <laughs> <laughs> he would say if you, jump, if you jump out the window, you will die earlier. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as far as that, so the stories were for some of the maids. And the maids, we talked about the handprints earlier from the little girl, but there were a couple of different maids that said that they had the task of trying to remove bloody handprints from the uh, the little girl that was on the mirrors, and they couldn't remove them. That would be so hard to have to do, and I mean, just to have to look at it. Yeah. Several guests have claimed that they've seen the little girl's spirit standing in the hallway right where that door should be. Hmm. Even with all the... Uh, sightings and of the little girl and the bloody mirror handprints the hotel still denies that there was a murder suicide that happened in that room well wouldn't you yeah i mean yeah i mean i would think that would be easy enough to find though there should be some kind of yeah 
court records or something. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't even see a date or a time reference as to when this would have happened. I don't know if this was like the 60s or the 70s mm-hmm. or the 50s or no idea. So usually when you can't find an, a date, not even a, a roundabout like late 20s or late 40s, when you can't find that, usually that's more of an urban legend. That you just, but or who knows? A cover-up. Or, yeah, or conspiracy, of mm-hmm. course. Sherry Alto, she stayed there and had an experience back in 1989. Now, her and her husband were wanting to spend their honeymoon at the Banff. They they get there. The husband went into the reservation desk. He's taking care of all the arrangements. Sherry decided she was going to go explore the hotel while he was taking care of that, that part of it. She said she had no previous knowledge of the hotel's history of ghosts, nothing. All she knew is it was absolutely gorgeous and they wanted to spend their honeymoon there. So it was about 11 a.m. She gets turned around. This place is huge. She gets turned around and she ends up at one of the dining rooms, which at this point was closed. Mm -hmm. She thought the room was absolutely beautiful, so she's standing there. She's inside of it. She's kind of soaking in all this architectural masterpiece. And she hears a woman's voice she looks around. She didn't see anybody. She hears it again. A woman calls out for her. She's sobbing. And it's like she has this really shallow, painful voice. And without hesitation, she says, hello? Hello. So Sherry says hello back. She's still looking around, still not seeing anybody else. So she looks around the room to see where someone might have ran off to, maybe a little nook or cranny or something like that. At this time, she sees this young server starting to cross the dining room hallway. And Sherry stops him and asks him if if, if if he has seen a woman out in the hallway. She said that she was upset and she said hello to her. She said she could almost feel her breath on her ear when the lady spoke. Ooh. So the server said... Oh, don't you know the story of the woman who died here on her wedding day? She said, no. So the the guy just kind of filled her in on what was going on. Then the server said that the dining room was closed and, and asked how she got in there to begin with. She said she wasn't sure. She got turned around and she just walked in. It was open. And he said, well, that's that's kind of kind of weird because that door is always locked. Unless there's something going on and there's nothing going on today. So we, I don't know how that wouldn't have been. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to ask you to leave because you're not supposed to be in here. Right. So she left. So I thought that was a cool story. Yes. Very cool. This is Lisa's story. This is from 2013. And she also didn't know anything about the hotel when it, it comes to uh, any kind of history when she decided she was going to stay there. The first thing she remembered was there was a bellman that passed her in a hurry. Now, this was early in the day, but it wasn't until later that night when they were leaving for dinner and then they saw the other bellman at the hotel uh, <laughs> lobby and she noticed that his attire was completely different than the bellhop that they passed earlier. The one she saw earlier had a green jacket that had the matching, you know, bellman hat, the little rounded kind of bellman hat that they wear, and uh, the jacket had gold emblems on it. And she said he rushed past them and had some brown luggage. Now, a few months after this, she's already gone, Mm -hmm. and she starts doing something, and she sees something about the legend of Sam the Billman. So she calls the the Banff Hotel, and she asks if if the Billmans there had ever worn 
green uniforms. Uh-huh. And the concierge said that there was a bellman there that had been there since the early 70s, and she would ask him. He said that no one since his employment had ever worn green. So the concierge said, you know, if he was wearing green, if she was asking if he was wearing green because of Sam the Bellman. And she said, yes, that's kind of why she was asking. And she said that the staff could con- couldn't confirm if he wore a green uniform or not. But that was something that was like she saw it and didn't even realize what she was seeing. Yeah. Until she noticed that the bellhops later didn't have anything close to that kind of uniform. Because mm-hmm. uh, apparently this one was outdated as well as being... You know, the different color than what they were using. So it's one of those things, like you said now, when you look back on something. But it was still a couple months after she had, after her visit, before she started even really looking into it. (laughs) In 2014, Maddie stayed here with her mother, but she wasn't told about any any of this haunted stuff because they knew it would freak her out. Mm -hmm. She wasn't into haunted stuff. So they didn't mention it to her. They were they're going to be there for three nights. And on the very first night, she wakes up in the middle of the night, and there's this white-haired man standing at the foot of her bed just staring at her. Well, crap. <laughs> waste no time. She did that thing where she rubs her eyes. Yeah. Uh, and then she opens her eyes after rubbing them and thinking, you know, maybe she's having a dream or something. Or she's tripping. <laughs> yeah. And what she sees when she opens her eyes is the man still standing there staring at her. <laughs> And as soon as he, she made eye contact with him, he turns and walks out of the room. Not out the door. Not on that side of the room. He walked out where the window is. Straight <gasps> through the wall. What the heck? <laughs> so the next morning, they're at breakfast. And she tells her mom what happens. And her mom just starts laughing. And she's like, yeah. She said, this place is haunted. We didn't tell you. You should research it. Look it up. And she said, well... I will look it up, but I'm not going to look it up till I get home because I don't want to be freaked the heck out for the next two days here. Yeah. But she said she was able to stay the next two days and nothing happened. Nothing did? Nope. All right, last one. This is from Marty in 2009. This one's a really cool story. So Marty was on a business trip and he brought his bookkeeper with him. They did not stay at the hotel, but they did come back and take a tour the next day. Mm Mm-hmm. They both had to go to the bathroom really bad. I don't know how long of a trip it was for their hotel or what they were doing. But they get to the hotel. They both had to go to the bathroom really bad. So they park. They go in. Marty goes into the the bathroom. His bookkeeper's out in the lobby waiting. He comes out. Then the bookkeeper goes in. Marty says, I'll wait here for you. And he's waiting. And he's waiting. And he's waiting. And the guy's not came out of the bathroom yet. So where most people would say, I need to check on him and go in. Marty decides, well, I'll walk down to the bookstore and the gift shop. <laughs> well, maybe he thinks he's just, you know, having diarrhea or something. Uh, yes. So he goes down there, and he, he's waiting in, in the uh, the store, looking around. About 45 minutes later, his bookkeeper comes in, and he's frantic. He was looking for him. He was like, oh, my God, I, you know, it took me forever. And he's like, what the hell happened? And he said, well... He said, I was in there, and somehow or another, I walked out a different door, and there was a bell a bellhop there, and I was like, I'm sorry, I got all, you know, turned around. He's like, ah, don't worry about it, it happens all the time, and he took him out to the other end of the hotel and walked him through a door and said, there you go, and he said, now here, here I am again, so they go back to the bathroom, and there's only one door in and out. 
That one door is the only door. There is no way to go through another door and get get turned around and all that stuff. There is only one door. And the guy swears that he went out another door. And he even says, uh, the guy said, well, and he refuses to admit that he had a paranormal experience because he's like really Christian and that's not his belief system. He said, so he refuses to believe it. So they come back a year later. They both go into the bathroom. <laughs> he said, I ain't going in there by well, myself. They went back in there because the guy said, the guy said, rough, rough. Yeah. He said it was a rough trip. The guy said he went out the door that was next to the mirror. And when he went in there, there was a mirror on another wall, but there was no door next to it. So, anyways. That is a creepy place. That is the story on Banner Spring. And like I said, we've got a bunch of other little eyewitness accounts and that's what we're going to be doing for shorts on next week that's cool other eyewitness accounts for the bands you better be winning that trip so we can go that ain't happening this year oh so rats i'll win the, I'll win the other one but this one's this one's for the top top wow. of the list well and you can do it don't no. doubt yourself it's june already i only got half a year <laughs> <laughs> hey, you are a pessimist i got late i got a late start <laughs> tracy would what? you like to uh Fill us in on our get. You can start gathering them, and I'll tell everybody that we do have show tickets on sale for the Pigeon Four show, which is in July, and we've got tickets on sale for the August Gettysburg show, and I'm excited for both of those. I am too. I'm like so down. The Pigeon Four show, we went and actually checked it out. Yes. The location and everything is going to be really cool. Yeah. We've, we're going to have hand sanitizer. We're going to have, uh, we'll probably have some masks there if you want to use masks. It's a pretty good sized place. So social distancing is not going to be an issue if we need to do that. And like I said, we were cut, we cut it down from 90 tickets for sale to 65 tickets for sale. There'll be plenty of room for social distancing. And like I said, it's going to be a safe environment. Really cool. So we're excited about that. And remember, that's a daytime show. That's a two o'clock show. Mm-hmm. And we did it that way so you could be out of there by six. And if you wanted to go to like the uh, the Dolly Stampede or any of the other shows, the Hatfield and McCoys or any of those other dinner shows, you'll have time to get out and go to one of those. Absolutely. So buy your tickets. There's only like 30 left already. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, why'd you buy White Castles today? <laughs> Don't blame that on me. Man, I'm belching them up. It's horrid. I know, me too. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, so our iTunes reviews. We had a lot of them this week. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Leanne Loves Hillbillies. Mojo Lobster. JustNet88. Jake4824. A-K-A-N-S-H-W. Henry. C.E. Woodford. Jason B, Jag six six two zero one four, and Renee Timms. Thank you guys for your really nice comments. They were just awesome. Made my day. Made my day. And our Patreons this week is Laura Cochran, Rebecca Benson, and Terry Lawhon. Thank you guys for your support. We appreciate you more than you all know. It really helps us out a lot, especially the reviews. They're great. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And we appreciate all those. Yeah. We I did say, uh, 
We did a Facebook Live last night with Jessica from mm-hmm. Shoes, Booze, and Tattoos. It was very cool. If you hadn't watched it, it's still up, obviously, on the pages, so you can go watch that. But she talks about a lot of witchy-type stuff, and we, she, she talks about what the different herbs and stuff that, uh, like, Eye of Newt is actually mustard seed. and she That covers, is so funny. Now, I'm going to go buy some mustard seed, because I want to look at it. <laughs> so she covers all that kind of stuff, puts a bunch of fun stuff, and then uh, it's way to good time. Next week... We are going to have Lee Solway from Realm of the Supernatural. He's he's in Great Britain, so we're doing that at 2 o'clock here in the U.S. instead of at our normal 8 o'clock. We're doing it at 2, and that's going to give all of our listeners out there who live uh, over in Europe a chance to be able to tune into that live if they want to. And then, we'll, like I said, we, if we're going to do it, we might as well have a European guest on, and that one should be fun. Lee's always a blast. Yeah, we can't wait. It's going to be exciting. So. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will talk to you next week. Y'all have a blessed week. We love y'all.